What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. So yeah, that changed the game for me because I came from an agency world and jumping from that to tech was just, that's how I grew my income a lot. Let go! Yeah. Come on, give me some love! Yes. Give me some love! See, mm. she said it, not me! What's happening? No capping. We with AO, about to get a play oh, Pull up to the table, let's go. Yo, so the average American today is going to have about, uh, I'll say about, about 78% of us are living paycheck to paycheck. Let's just start right there, right? So 78% of us living paycheck to paycheck. The average single person will make about $45,000 a year. But really, when you look at people like myself, black people, about 42% of us won't even make $30,000 this year. Uh, the average person out there who's single in their 30s and 40s is going to have anywhere between 60 to about $120,000 in debt. This is student loans, car notes, credit cards, uh, weave notes, uh, you name it. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have it all, right? And I, 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 set, I started off this year saying, you know what? I want to help single people maximize their singing. Uh, singing. Single season. Uh, and a part of me is like, hey, my ultimate message is I want to help people get out of debt and build wealth. Then the next part of my, my brand and my desire is to really help single people maximize a single season. How do we come to the table when we do find the love of our life and we come to the table with less baggage? I'm not saying we're coming to the table perfect, but, um, you know, I started this network called the Neatness Network. How do we come to the table neat? Not perfect, not messy, but neat. And today I'm really excited because I was on Instagram and I'm always on Instagram just just looking for good stories to bring to the table to encourage you to inspire you and I, and and this young lady just got out of debt paid off about $101,000 in like 5 years by herself no man okay no boyfriend cutting her a check at least I don't think so um and she's a sister and y'all you're going to be surprised of how much money she was making to start this journey but before we get to this amazing story with my sister, Elena Curry, um, I, I want to remind you of two important things. You know, as we are going through this year, inflation is up, um, stress is up, 
Uh, people are working from home. People are losing jobs. People are trying to figure out what are they doing with their life. And can I just be real? Some of us are single and, and some of us are lonely. Um, just a few a few weeks ago, a young lady committed suicide because she wasn't, um, I, I'm going to say it respectfully, but I just, she needed some help. And I want to encourage you all to seek help. To, even if you think your mind is okay, even if you think your life is okay, we all need a tune-up. We all need to go to someone that we can just talk to and just really just talk. Uh, we need to pay someone that we can go in there and curse if we need to curse, scream if we need to scream, cry if we need to cry, lay out on the floor and just talk about life. And I do that two times a month. I do it at BetterHelp. I, I call my therapist and me and my therapist, we sit down and we just, we talk. And I'm gonna be real with you all because I really want y'all to understand the importance for me when it comes to therapy. I have stressful days. I have days that I feel like crying. I have days that I question, am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I thinking the right way? I have those days. And I know if I have those days, so do you. And I'm telling you, I go to church every Sunday. I love God. But he, he gave the gifts and talents to therapists to help us process things internally. And so I partner with BetterHelp because I love what they're doing over there. And, and I am an avid BetterHelp uh, attendee, whatever you want to call it. I see my therapist twice a month and they're offering you a huge discount. And I want you to check it out. Go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash better help. And they will help you get to a therapist and check this out. They want to give you like 20% off your first full month. And even if you don't do two, get one session and try it out. And I promise you, I promise you, you will thank me later. Later. And so before we get to today's show, hit subscribe. Stop dating me. I'm a good-looking brother with some good-looking information. Marry your boy, okay? Okay, can you marry me? Hit subscribe, hit the thumbs up, because you're going to love today's show. Let's get straight to it. What's up, sis? How are you? I'm so excited. Yo. So excited. Listen, I mean $101,000. Ooh, it hurts every time I hear that number. In five years? Yes. Okay, what was it? So... Majority of it was student loans, mm -hmm. but I also had about eight thousand in credit cards, and I had a fourteen thousand dollar car note. Fourteen thousand on a car note. Yes. What, what was what kind of car was it? Mazda. It was a Mazda. Mm -hmm. Used Mazda. A used Mazda. Mm -hmm. At least you bought it used. Yes, I did okay. buy it used. Yeah. Okay. Do you still have it? Yes. I That's still what's have outside it. right now. That's no, it's not. I rented that car. You rented that yeah. car. <laughs> you ain't gonna put miles in a Mazda. No, no, no. Not that I'm from, coming from Texas. <laughs> Yo, I understand, you know. Um, okay, so let me let me ask you this question. Um, when you think about financial freedom, mm -hmm. I want you to go all the way back to when you had this debt. Yeah. What what made you think I need financial freedom? Like, what started that whole journey with you? Yeah. So in the beginning, I really wasn't thinking about financial freedom. I just wanted to pay this debt off. So yeah. my first goal was debt freedom. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, once I started this journey, I started to read more about wealth building. I mm -hmm. started to learn more about, like, how to build legacy and all of these different things. And so my goal shifted. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, God really showed me, like, this is part of, 
like honoring him and wow. this is part of discovering purpose for you. So it really did shift from like just being a numbers thing to being like a purpose thing. Wow. So um I originally started thirty thousand dollars was my salary. Okay. And um that whoa, was whoa, in... whoa, 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 whoa. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> you started thinking about paying off debt when you were only making thirty thousand dollars gross or net? This was gross. How old were you then? Um, so I started at 26. Mm-hmm. What were you doing making $30,000 growth? So I was a publicist. I'm still a publicist. Okay, um, okay. So I was doing that in Vegas. Okay. But I was like still kind of like entry level. So yeah, working at pretty much the entry bottom. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. So 26 and my goal was to pay it off by 30. Mm. Okay, pause. $30,000 making as a publicist in Las Vegas. Yes. Okay. Back at 26, is five years ago. Living with family? Yes. Well, so, originally, so I went to, I moved, I'm from Dallas. Okay. And I moved to Vegas for a job. Okay. So, at the time, you know, I have my own place. Okay. I'm looking like I'm doing things, traveling, all the things that you're supposed to do right. when you, you know, graduate and get a degree. Right. Um, and then, after I kind of had this, like, come to Jesus of, like, no, you need to get your finances together, I had an, an uncle who lived there. And I asked him if I could move in. So, mm. like, I really didn't even have, like, a super close relationship with them yet. Okay. But they they were like, sure, yeah, come. So I left my apartment, and I literally, that rent payment went, that was the start of it. And that went straight to debt, yeah. And how long did you stay with him? Um, I stayed with both of them um, about three years. Three years? Mm-hmm. yeah. And just attacked the Every, debt. yeah. Yeah, every, people used to, like, laugh because when they would come visit me, I mean, I only had, like, a r- little room upstairs, but I wrote the number down, like, on my mirror. So, like, mm-hmm. every day I would just see this number and, like, to keep me motivated. And people would be like, I cannot believe it. Like, I remember this number on your mirror right. in your an uncle's house. Right. So, yeah, it was crazy. Was he supportive of that? Like, yes. Paying off the debt part? Very much, did, yeah. Did you tell him why you wanted to move in? Yes. So I sat down with them and I was like honest about like, hey, like I I need something to get ahead. And I knew that I was going to have to cut down somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I told them like what my goal was. And I was like, I want to pay off all of my debt, my student loans, which everyone is like, that's impossible. Like you're going to die with student loans, mm. all the things. And yeah, they were like, we're, we're for it. Yeah. Wow. They're huge fans of you, by the way. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm huge fans of them. Just for, you know, just for them allowing you to come home and to really... Focus on building. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's an, that's important. So, what what's the strategy? So, like when you moved in with them, mm-hmm. how did you do it? So I like ran the numbers. So I laid out like how much I needed to start paying off towards the debt to get towards my goal. So my goal was to be debt free by thirty. That okay. was like what I wanted to do. So after I did that. Uh, putting the like rent payment was like a huge that that really did a lot but I realized like on my income I mean I'm only making $30,000 like I can't it's not gonna happen so um, I did everything I sold stuff on eBay I was freelance writing because I kind of maximized like what my skill set already was being in publishing or publicist Uh and um, I worked at Michael Kors on the weekends like at some point I was working seven days a week seven days a week sounds like between like three jobs it was, yeah, between three, because I would do, like, freelancing, right. which was something. And right. then I would work at Michael Kors. Right. So I would drive all the way there, and then I would do my day job. And your day job. And yeah. your day job is a publicist, or are you, are you, were you your own publicist? No, yeah, I was working for an agency okay. in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was hustle, hustle. Three jobs at 26, 27. Yeah. But that sounds like it's determination. 
Yeah, I mean, once I, like, really... I think going into this, I didn't know anything about money. Like, I didn't know anything about savings, um, investing, just... I knew nothing. I knew, like, growing up, like, you're just supposed to save, you know, and that was the only conversation we ever had. Um, so once I started to, like, really educate myself and learn, like, all of these different principles and, like, why it was important, and honestly, it was an actual, like, conviction. I really right. did feel like the Lord was telling me, like, hey, you need to do this, like, honor me in this way. Yeah, um, yeah I locked in. Um, and, it, you know, in moments there was times where I was just like, I mean, like, 25000 that's enough. <laughs> like... <laughs> Ahead, but right. um, yeah, I stayed on that journey, and last year I did it. You did it last mm-hmm. year. Wow! So yes. you you had to get some pay raises in there, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, so over the five years, what would you say you averaged throughout those five years? Because you started at thirty, but what did you average over? Uh, those five? I would probably say probably around sixty to seventy. That is not bad. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that's what I would say, probably around there. But still 60, 60 and 70000 after taxes as a single woman, right? No kids? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, that's still about $40,000 net. Yeah. So you are still, like, still disciplined, determined, and being wise and being a good steward with your money. Yeah, yeah. What was the hardest thing? The hardest thing, I'm curious. Um, I think, like, when you're doing this, people are like, okay, girl. Like, you know... <laughs> That's cute, you know, Um, and you have to say no to a lot of things. Like there are things that you like you have to sacrifice missing out on. And like me being um, my family and friends are in Texas, but I was in Vegas. And so trying to like, you know, you want to be involved in things like that. But I had to say no to a lot of things. So it was a lot of like what? I'm curious. Um, well, you know, like weddings, baby showers coming. You didn't go to weddings. I went to like a couple, but not like. Is you know around twenty seven. That's when everybody wants to get married. Yeah. So like, I wasn't doing a, a whole bunch. I would just do the ones that were like really close to me. But it had to be like I planned it out. Like oh. it wasn't like these spur of the moment trips or yeah. I mean brunches. I you I, said no to brunches. I did in Vegas. Sunday fun day. I did. You weren't going out with your girls. No, I wasn't. What, how was your dating life over the five years? It wasn't. <laughs> You didn't date? No. Why, though? Well, okay, Vegas is a very unique market, so... Whoa, 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 whoa. So... Whoa! (laughs) Elena, what do you mean by Vegas is a very unique market? Well, people come and go, and then a lot of people, you know, it just didn't align with my my lifestyle, so... So, But there gotta be some good good brothers out there. Maybe. I I didn't meet them. But but also I really was like head down focused like this is what I want to do so when ladies out I'm head down focused on my career just saying no you just not my type maybe <laughs> maybe it was <laughs> oh my do you still live in Vegas now no I'm in Texas okay you're mm-hmm. back in Dallas yes okay 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 yeah okay, I went nice. back home all right when did you go back home so I went back in 2020 I ended up getting a job that was fully remote mm. so. I was like, well, nothing's like really keeping me here. My mom was in uh, Dallas, okay. and so I moved back then. Yeah, and I've been back ever since. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. It's just hard to believe you didn't date nobody for five years. I didn't. <laughs> the silence. <laughs> I did it. I just was like focused. I was focused on like building my career, and I was focused on paying off my debt, and that's what I did. Do you regret that? No. You don't regret no friendships, or uh, not friendships. You don't regret not dating, 
not doing a little bit more during your your debt free journey? Um, well, I wouldn't say like I didn't do anything. Okay. I mean, when it comes to dating, no, I really wasn't dating. I got you. But um, I think I was just more strategic in the things that I was participating in. So it wasn't like you know, because there's always gonna be something. Mm-hmm. Someone's always gonna call you to be involved in things. And I just think I was just more like I planned things out. Mm-hmm. So I would be able to save for them and do it like with the boundaries of like what my budget was. Mm. So I still enjoyed and you know over the five years like I feel like you know with being a Dave Ramsey fan it's like Mm. gazelle intense gazelle intense Mm. but it's hard to do when you're like by yourself and you're single and you're trying to pay off so I started to like put um, parameters in there for me to like enjoy and have fun so I think that helps me honestly get across the finish line because I think if I would have did absolutely nothing I I don't know if I would have continued did you take financial peace university i didn't i didn't and you got out of debt so you Mm -hmm. just did all that by i guess 20 i mean yeah five years ago i was with dave so that means it's something you just listened to his show listen i read read the book Mm -hmm. which book did you read it total money makeover so that's how it all started my i had this like breakdown moment of like i feel like out of control like i have all this debt i'm missing payments all these different things and my best friend she was like i heard of this guy like let me send you his book and she sent me that book and i read that book and like a light switch just went off and i was like we're gonna do this same story i didn't read total money makeover i actually took the course um actually took uh, financial peace university at celebration church in jacksonville and my dad gave me a dave ramsey budget form when I was starting my journey to get out of debt. So um, he does have the best, best teachings when it comes to get out of debt. Yeah, and it's clear. Yeah, and, especially and it's super easy. It's not easy, but it's super easy to, follow, to understand. Right, follow. especially it's like with me, again, not having any money knowledge at all. Mm-hmm. It was just really great to like break it down. And so I was like, okay, I think I can do that. And then once you start, you're like, okay, I think I can do the next thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so it was really good for me. So you're on baby step three? Yes. Okay. Three. three to six months of expenses. Three to six months, yeah. And it took you five years to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. You said the hardest thing was just pretty much telling your friends no. Um, you said the easiest thing was not dating. <laughs> I didn't uh, say that, but... You, you did. <laughs> you did say that. Did you, did you have guys try to holler at you while you in those five years? I mean, it's Vegas, though, you know? You keep saying that. Because I think it's a very unique experience. But people still live in Vegas. That's true, because I lived in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're saying all the guys have the Vegas mentality? I'm not going to say all the guys. I'm not going to generalize. But, yeah, I mean... It's like, that's just a mentality. Like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But it doesn't because things things go out of Vegas, too. But, yeah. yeah. That's, that was what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Before getting out of debt, I think you, you, hit, you hit something that I'm really big on. It's really the mindset. I'm curious, before paying off your debt, what was your what was your mindset around money? Like, how did you look at money? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't look at money. That was the problem. Well, you had to look at it because you were spending it. I, but you know, you it was kind of like you know, pray and swipe type of thing. Like I'm, I'm just gonna see, or I would pay off, you know, the minimums just mm-hmm. to have just enough mm-hmm. to pay something off. But I think, like, yeah, I mean, growing up, no one really sat me down um, and said, like, these are the steps to like 
you know, put yourself in a good financial situation, build wealth, like even the talk of legacy, things like that. I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, so I did everything that a regular college person, um, quote unquote, is supposed to do. Right. I graduated, went to school, got my first credit card on campus. Right. Me too. And, you know, racked up all those student loans, graduated, got more cards mm-hmm. and that was it. So nothing in my mind registered of like, how are you going to pay all this stuff off? Right, right. Um, and then you also like fall into the trap of thinking like, okay, well, I'm just going to get a good job. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. That's going to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. And then that's not the truth. So, yeah. yeah. I remember when I um, signed for my first credit card, my mom was like, no. Mm. And I was like, mom, I got this. And me and my mom got into a bad argument. Even to the point to where she, you know, knocked me upside my head because I said something crazy. And no one, no one sat down and really, the same people who was pitching me the credit cards mm-hmm. when I first got onto the college campus, and then the same people who were saying, "Hey, get these student loans." When I didn't need them because I had my father's GI bill, isn't it funny that they never said, "Hey, this is what's coming down the road." Yeah, here's the interest right. that's going to be attached. Here's the penalties if you don't pay it. Here's the possibility if you don't pay, it, you get collections. When you get collections, they call your job, they call your mama, they call your daddy, they call your dog, they, they call your neighbor. Right. You know, they're going to harass you for this money. Yeah. And I really wish that in today's society, I, I, I'm not a fan of student loans, right? So I wrote the book called Debt-Free Degree with, with Dave Ramsey and the team over there. And we're teaching people how to get a debt-free degree. And, and my whole philosophy is, number one, it's go to school without racking up debt. Mm-hmm. But on the government side, it's like, hey, put a cap on how much loans you all are going to get. Right. Because, I mean, kids can just get loans for for so much. Everything. And they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, which is why so many people get upset with me when I say this. I always be like, yo, forget student loan forgiveness. Let's stop it up front first. Let's fix the system once we fix that, then let's talk about what we can do for the people who already have it. Because if we forgive all these people who already have it, your daughter, your kids in yeah. the future, my kids, y'all's kids, you know what I'm saying, are are, are going to still get it. Now we got to talk about how we're going to help them forgive their student loans. Right. Yeah, it's just a cycle. My little brother, he's 21, um, so we're 10 years apart. Okay. And I see him, you know, kind of going through the same thing that I did. You're not talking to him? I am, but, you know, he's like, you know, He's 21. Yeah, right, right. he was like, and I was the same way. Like, I wasn't, when I went to school, I wasn't thinking about money. I wasn't thinking about debt. Yeah, yeah. So even when I got my credit card, it wasn't like I was spending it on, like, books. Like, right. I was spending it on clothes to go to the Come party on, that y'all. weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, At least you being real. I being real. And I, so, but that's huh. what hurts. It's like, I paid all this interest and stuff because I was buying clothes or sushi. So, okay, you did sushi? I did, I did biscuits. Every Red lobster. lobster. <laughs> I was there. I was there. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm in Oceanside, California. I'm treating all my homies and all the ladies. Y'all gonna get all you can eat lobster, please. All you can eat crab legs and all you can eat biscuits for certain. Biscuits are free. Cool, bring them all out. I got the card. I'm rich. I really thought I was rich when I got that card. Mm-hmm. I like I, no lie. It was 2002. I got that card and it was only $500. Yeah. But I thought I had all the money. Right. Because back in 2002, you're 31, Mm -hmm. right? I'm 37. How old are you, Alex? 30. 30? CJ, you're 45, right? 
How old are you? 50. You are not 50. I, I am not 50. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember when gas was 99 cents? Yes. Yes. Jeez. 99 cents was towards the end of like, in end of like, I would say by end of 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Right around 2002, we started seeing gas around like a buck 25. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a buck 25. And man, I'm sitting here like, I, like five hundred dollars back then, that went a long way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hotels was seventy nine, ninety nine bucks a yeah. night. You know, and I'm like, yo, I was balling. I was balling. You go to Red Lobster, you dropping a hundred, hundred, a hundred dollars for a meal on the family. I was there. I did the same. You know thing. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> now you go to Ruth Chris, you dropping a hundred dollars for yourself. Yeah, definitely. So I'm like. I don't think these young people, y'all young people, right? y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I get you when you say, man, we paid interest and penalties on food and fun. And fun. That was it. Not on necessities. Not nope. not on books that you needed. Mm-mm. Not on the electricity bill that you needed. Nope. But on impressing people. Like your hair look good. You didn't mm. do it on your hair. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, she saw my video, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, last month. She's like, Anthony, I saw you came for us, ladies with weeds. You come for the ladies, though. I don't come for the ladies. You, The purses, you do. What you mean? I mean, you do. No, I don't. See, but it's don't, real. No, 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 no. no. I, got on, I got on a Gucci t-shirt right now, right? I, I don't think people understand what I'm saying. I don't come for people because I, I, I don't want to see them win. Yes. I come for people is, why would you spend... Because you said, what, wigs can get up to $1,000. It can. Why yeah. would you spend $1,000 on a wig this month, $1,000 on a wig next month, $1,000 on a wig the following month, and you don't even have $500 in your savings account? Yeah. Now, if you come to me, you're spending $1,000 here, $1,000 there, $1,000 there, you're debt-free like yourself, and you got a fully funded emergency fund, I don't care what you do. <laughs> you can buy a wig every single day. I don't care. Yeah. You know, and and, and I I actually put this Gucci shirt on, took it off, then put it back on, then walked around my room with no shirt on, because I'm like, but what they going? But here's the thing. I want people to see, I want you to have what you want to have. Yeah. I want you to enjoy, you know what I'm saying, the stuff that you have. Because you said that one day your goal is to be able to, you know, do an $800 I mean, that's not the right number. I mean, it. I, I want a nice one, but I think how like, much is a nice one in? I mean, it can range. Eight hundred dollars is in there, but I think like that's what gets people tripped up because people are doing these things for appearances. So even you know, even that mindset of like back in college, like I was buying clothes and stuff like that to impress other people, and so I think like you know, I came into like the very beginning of kind of like the social media flexing on Instagram type of thing and now I mean that is what you're doing like you're going to the mall you're going when you're shopping for your trip is what you know is going to look good on my Instagram photo right right so I think that does drive a lot of people like mindlessly spending because they're so caught up in like appearances and all these different things and that's like very hard to break and something I have to like check myself on do you still have to check yourself on it now definitely how hard is it checking yourself on not keeping up with the Joneses and really being content with your life now? And and honestly, yeah. you had to do that for five years while yeah. you was getting out of debt. Yeah. Did you ever have some like some emotional tough seasons? I uh, a lot of them because 
again, it's like you're graduating college. It's so much pressure to, like, look like you have it all together. And, you know, when I was moving from Texas to Vegas, like, everyone was like, oh, you know, you're doing your thing out there. And so you want to keep up those appearances. I think, like, there's a part of us that, like, wants to seek, you know, affirmation and, like, making us believe that we're doing something. And for me, that is something that I feel like God had to check me on of, like, what does contentment look like? And it's not going to be in the purses, the clothes, the weaves, the cars, the trips. Like, contentment is with God. Yeah. And so, for me, I would have to, like, refocus about what God is calling me to do. And that would kind of help me check back in. You know, one of the things I, I tell people when it comes to getting out of debt, one of the key things to getting out of debt is unplugging from the world. Agreed, yeah. You know, because I think sometimes when you're on this journey— and you see other people out here buying Gucci, mm-hmm. um, buying wigs, Lord Jesus, um, going on vacations, yeah. you know, buying new cars, buying new homes. Well, our mind will say, you know what? That's okay. Like, don't worry about the debt. That's it's, everyone has debt. Right. Go get that. Yeah. Go, go chase the image rather than freedom. Than freedom, right? You know, and, and for me. I, I tell people one of the key things that I do, even to this day, even to this day today, I unplug, yeah. you know? So like next month in July, I will, I'll take off the whole month. And for two two weeks of that, I will unplug from social media. Yeah. Because even as a, you know, some people will call me an influencer or an expert. I'm just Anthony O'Neill, a student who loves teaching people what, what I enjoy learning and, and what I'm passionate about, right? It's, even I, as this successful person, still see other people and was like, yo, I could do that. Right. I could even do that better. Yeah. And I know that that's wrong thinking. Yeah. And I know that it, it that thinking can lead me back to debt. It can lead me into making different decisions that are not healthy, that are not wise. And so to, to even hear you say, I mess with you, but even hear you say, you know what, I focused on myself for five years and I didn't date. I commend you for that because I think a lot of people need to do that. Yeah. Need to unplug from dating, need to unplug from certain friends, need to unplug from culture, need to unplug from social media, need to unplug from some of these reality shows. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I think if you unplug, when you unplug, you actually will get to your your goals and your destina- destination quicker. Right. Because you, you don't have that many distractions. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, even going back to the dating thing, it was good for me to have that quietness because I learned who I was. And it wasn't mm. like, you know, what social media was telling me who I was, what TV was telling me who I was. Like, I got a clear picture of, like, who I am and my identity. And so I think that helped me maneuver and be able to focus. And even now, like, being able to, like, question like why I want something or you know is that gonna again like aid me in my purpose is this like where the path God is taking me Mm. so I think that was like also extremely key because I think when you don't know who you are it's so easy to be swayed and it's so easy to like buy into these different ideas of you know who you think you're supposed to be or how Mm. you're supposed to present yourself so that was crucial for me um that quietness yeah. What do you say to single ladies who are like you? Beautiful, young, successful, no kids, got got some good stuff going for themselves. But, you know, a lot of men think that, and, and I'm going to ask this question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Okay. Um, but a lot of men say, you know what? They feel as if a lot of ladies are waiting on men to pretty much be their piggy bank. Yeah. 
And I, I hate that verbiage, piggy bank. But uh, like a lot of men are like, yo, I mean, how come I just can't find a woman who, who's busting her butt, who, who's paying off her own stuff and don't need me financially? Yeah. But there, would you say in your, because I don't know, I'm not a woman. Do you think that there are ladies out there who are waiting on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like this is not everyone's story, right. but when you're young, like as a little girl, like you're watching these Disney shows and mm. you're listening to these stories and it's like all this fairy tale. When you go to college, it's like, I'm going to meet my husband in college. So there's all these different like society ideas of like how things are supposed to happen. And I think that like not having any financial knowledge or control um, over your finances is giving your power away. Mm. Um, and a lot of times when people are, you know, in relationships and things like that, like I feel like the best thing you can do is educate yourself and put that power in your hands but yeah I think a lot of women think like I'll just meet that person to and a lot of people stay in relationships because of that too of like I can't leave because I can't afford to mm. and this is the person that you know they're they're taking care of me um so I think that's a lot of reason that women stay and they choose certain men to go after so now that you're debt free and you're mm-hmm. you're 31 yes you know um, you're in Baby Step 3, which is Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps. I know you're probably saying, what's this Dave Ramsey Baby mm-hmm. Steps? Some of y'all are probably new to my tribe and don't know what we're talking about. Dave Ramsey is, um, I was with him for seven years and um, and learned so much about financial literacy. I, I literally stand on his foundation of his teachings, right? And uh, he has seven Baby Steps. And the first three that Elena is talking about is Baby Step number one is a $1,000 emergency fund. Baby Step number two is get out of debt using a debt snowball method where you line up all your debt from smallest to largest you make all your minimum payments and then all of your extra income she had three extra jobs she was working seven days a week so all of her extra income went towards the smallest debt right and then she took that when she got done with that she didn't go spend that money she took all that money and put it on top of the next debt and she attacked that one with gazelle intensity like dave ramsey teaches and then after basic number two once you pay off all your debt you, you get a fully funded emergency fund of about three to six months. And I I actually have stepped further and say, you know what? I want single people to go and hit for that six months. Yeah. Because I feel as if if, if, if you're single and you have no responsibilities like yourself, and if you can get six months in your savings account, I think a lot of single people are on jobs because they don't have cushions. That's right. And so it's like if you, ha- if you have cushion, right, for six months, a, a solid six months— then now you could be on the job that you want to be on. Agreed. And I think the problem is single people are not only just in debt, but they don't have anything in the savings. They're in debt and they need that job where we all need income right. to survive and live. But if you have six months, you can find a situation, another job, another career path within six months. Agreed. I think that's kind of like what my story is, is that I was in a job where I feel like I had to and I didn't have choices. Mm. And I think that's what that does. It shackles you so you don't have choices. (laughs) Come on! And um, one of the things that I did, you know, I told you I was doing everything, Mm. but one of the things that I did was I started doing photography on the side because I was like, well, we're just going to try different things. I had this camera. And um, now I have like a, a business that I'm trying to grow where I'm pouring into teens and young mm. adults. And I see like clearly like I can do this. Like I can invest in these things now because I have the freedom to do so. Yeah. And I'm not worrying about like 
it, can I pay my bills? Yeah. Um, and I'm not worrying about who I'm going to pay back and them calling me and me ignoring and all those different things. And so I, I'm starting to see of like the freedom of being able to like do the things that I feel like I'm being called to do, which is exciting. So that yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that feel good that you yeah. have the power to do that? Right. Yeah. And I think it's like, I mean, there's going to be risk with everything, but it feels nice to be like saving for something, investing in something and not have that stress of like, if it doesn't go right, like I can't eat Mm -hmm. and I don't I don't have to like just have those like conversations, mental conversations anymore because I I focus so much on this for the last five years that I'm able to kind of like move more freely. So how long would it take you to get to your three to six months of expenses? Because you're on that step now. I'm, right? I'll be done June. You'll be done yeah, in June. Yeah, six months. Six months mm-hmm. in June. Yeah. So are you staying at home now or you got your own place? I have my own place. Are you yes. serious? Yes. And you stacking this bread. Yeah. So in the process, um, last year I bought a condo. Okay. Um, and But I, I had a friend who ended up moving in with me, so she's renting out one of the rooms in my place. Smart. So I'm, yeah, so I'm doing that and... And working and, and all those things. Now, wait. You bought your condo after you paid off all your debt? It was, like, right before. Right before. Mm-hmm. How was that process? Was it hard? It wasn't hard. I think it's a lot of information. Um, but, I mean, th- the whole process of all this was amazing. Like, in 2020, I lost my job because okay. of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, being able to, like, stay on top of my finances, like, that was a period of time that wasn't stressful for me because, you know, I had, um, when I started hearing about the pandemic, I started saving and, um, but still paying off debt. And so I got, I, like, maneuvered through that situation, like, I don't, I don't want to say easily, but just, like, stress-free. So um, I started entertaining the idea of buying a condo the next year. And after talking and seeing my options, um, I think, a lot of times we struggle with like scarcity mindset. So yeah. another thing I was struggling with was like, will I be able to like reach my goal Ooh. if I invest in this way? Right. Um, and so I decided like, yeah, I can still do it. And so I bought the condo and then paid off all of my debt like five months later. So how do you feel being a homeowner? I'm curious. It's fun. It's I, it's empowering because yeah. I think this is the next step to, again, like, it's about legacy. It's about yes. wealth building. Yes. And so learning about, like, what that means. And also just setting an example for, like, my family. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, it's a long game for me. Like, I want to be able to create, you know, new experiences for my mom. Like, I saw you just took your mom yeah. shopping. And, like, I want my mom to know what that feels like. Yeah. And so just to feel like I'm one of the first people in my immediate family to do that is like, is really empowering. So I want to keep going. I love it. I love it. Y'all, if you just now tuned in, man, she, she mentioned something that is very, very important. Like being a homeowner is, it's a wealth move. It's the next step. It's legacy. It's an example. I mean, also being a homeowner, honestly, will help us eventually close the wealth gap, right? Because homeownership, you know, we'll be able to pass that home down to our kids. They'll be able to take the equity. Um, and it's not the only thing, but it is a part of it. And, and you heard her say that, hey, I was able to get a home while eliminating my debt. So she she didn't have a lot of debt and she didn't have a lot of open trade lines and she was still able to get a mortgage. And some of y'all are probably thinking, well, how do I do that? Well, that's so funny. We didn't even talk about this, uh, but it's so funny because I've partnered with Churchill Mortgage, who finances all of my homes, and um, they have an amazing program 
uh, whether you're, you're you're struggling with some um, with, with some issues on your credit report and you're fixing them, whether you have no credit um, or maybe you just want to refi and just get into a home or get into a brand new home as a first time home buyer. Uh, I want you to check them out. Go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash Churchill. They're going to give you a discount for just going over to them as far as them being a part of my tribe and my family. But here's what I love. The market is so high right now, right? And it is it is a difficult time to purchase because cash cash is pretty much winning. Cash is king. When I hear people say cash ain't king, cash is king, right? But so Churchill understands that in this market right now, with everyone going to, through a bidding war, if they come to the table with cash, cash buyers are typically getting the house quicker and faster. So churches will get behind you and offer some more cash to help you be a guaranteed um, buyer. So not only will you have to give your earnest money, you know, when you purchase a home, uh, but they're going to give you $5,000 to put on top of that earnest money, not just $5,000, but they're going to give you a certified pre-approval. And a certified means that their underwriter has already looked at your file and said, yo, we're 95% there. We just need to get the house, make sure the house is solid, and we are pretty much good to go. So go to uh, anthonyoneal.com forward slash Churchill. Join me, join Elena as being homeowners. I don't care if you're single. I don't care if you're 25, 35, 48, 55. Um, if, if you're going down the journey of being a homeowner, let my friends Churchill Mortgage help you out. Wherever you are in the United States of America, they can help you out. No, Elena, I, 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 I want to ask you this question. I wrote this down when I was going through your story. Um for those people who were probably like me and you, we didn't really get a lot of like the financial education yeah. growing up. Right. You know, we saw, I don't know about you, but I saw like my parents not struggling, but struggling. Yeah. You know, they, I had real good middle class parents. You know, my mom, like you, had three jobs. She would mm. work for the school system, get off of there and uh, go work for the Christian bookstore. Then on the weekends back then she worked for Kmart. Mm. Right. Um, and she would work hard. Just to provide for the home, you know, we wouldn't see my my father that much because he'll be working. And I, and I'm curious for what would you say to people writing right now who say, you know what, I'm young, I'm single like you. Um, where do I start? Like what? How? Where do I get Dave Ramsey's book? Do I listen to Anthony's podcast? Do I get around the right people? Like if you had to go, if you had to talk to yourself now, mm-hmm. right? What would you tell your 25-year-old self now? Like how to start the process? Yeah, I feel like knowledge is power. Yeah. So I think knowing that, you know, if they're listening or watching, this is like the first step is to educate yourself about what you're doing. I feel like I, I came from the same thing. When I went to school, it was 2009, so that was, like, in the midst of, like, all the economic stuff. And mm-hmm. it was, like, extremely hard to maneuver that, watch my parents maneuver that. Um, but it's so cliche to say, like, know your why, but your mm-hmm. why is so important. And, again, like, when I started to entertain the idea, wanting to pay on your debt is nice, but it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to have, like, the driving factor behind what you do. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was the what it, what is life going to look like five years, ten years 40 years down the road for me. Right. Um, how does that affect my family? How do I make a difference? And how do I, you know, be generous and be able to, again, like, do the things that I am called to do? Yeah. So all that to say, I would say 
to get educated, to know your why um, behind what you're doing, and to make a plan. I mean, everyone hates the cuss word budget, but (laughs) (laughs) it's, you know, if you, what what do they say? Like, if you don't plan, you plan to fail if you... Yep, you plan to fail if you don't plan... You don't fail to plan. <laughs> you don't fail to plan. Wait, wait. If you plan to fail, if you, if you fail, fail to, to plan, plan. yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, hey, man, listen. And it's true. Yeah. Like if if you're if you're just saying like you want to get out of debt, but you have no plan, like you're yeah. you're not gonna hit your target. That's true. So I yeah, I would say know your why, get knowledge, continue to listen to these things. I listen to so much Dave Ramsey. I li- I've listened to you. I've read books. Mm-hmm. To just keep me motivated because mm-hmm. you may be in environments where people aren't going to get it and they're not going to encourage you until, like, you know, now it's done. So they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so great. But going through it, it can get lonely. So you have to continue to connect with people and communities that are doing this, that makes this talk normal to you. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the things I would say. Uh, would you – are you in your degree – feel right now i am okay yeah so you're like one of the lucky ones very few yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're one what's your what's your degree pr public relations for real yeah and you're in that today i am yeah <sighs> i am <laughs> i don't i just you know what i'm telling i'm telling people man to because the reason why so many especially people of color I'm being mm-hmm. right the reason why so much so many of us are in debt um, it's because of student loans. Yeah. We have student loans because we were just told to go to school, but we didn't really walk through a process of to identify what's the best career path for me. Right. And I think we as a people are not educating our young people on what we should do. Agreed, yeah. You know, because so you went to school, you've always wanted to be in PR. Um, not always, but... When I went to, so I actually started off a graphic design major that was random, um, oh, for real? and then I realized like mm, they don't, they don't, they just sit and run the screen all day. Yeah. So I, yeah. so I went to like a career fair, okay. and that's kind of what attracted me to PR. So that's how I I got into it. But also, I mean, your your passions and what you think you're gonna do for the rest of your life that changes. Yeah. Like as you get older, and I think people have such a like linear view of like how they want their life to go. Yeah. Um. But you know, as you grow, things are gonna change. But you need that fluidity <coughs> and freedom to be able to pivot if you, mm. if you want to pivot if you feel like you're being called in a different direction. Yeah. And so I do feel like now I have those options to do that and not feel stuck and like, no, I went to school for this. I did it the right way and I have to stay here. Yeah. So I think that's, that's also a huge thing. You know, one of the things for me, I'm, I'm teaching, I'm, I'm really, I'm really doing a lot of studying this, right? Is when I look at the PR field, that's good income. You can really be a good income, especially if you launch your own PR firm. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. You know, it's probably better than <laughs> being in house. Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, <laughs> I think I think if you're called to be an entrepreneur, you will make more money than being an employee. Right. Bottom line, yes. if you're called to it. Right. Not everyone's going to be the Michael Jordan, the, the the LeBron James, the Kobe Bryant's, the, you know, what I'm saying the. Uh, uh, um, I mean, nah. I was about to say Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is Kyrie. Um, he, he ain't no Michael Jordan. He never will be. <laughs> Um, you know, but Kyrie could be another Scottie Pippen. Mm. I think if, and, and I say this to say, like, everyone is not called to be an entrepreneur. Agreed. And I think that everyone should do the research, you know? 
So, like, if you do you feel you're called to be an entrepreneur? I do. Oh. Oh. I do. Okay, then. Yeah. So, in a PR area, have, like, your own PR firm or something like that? Um, no. <laughs> I I think that's, like, this season now of just, like, exploring my talents and, like, leaning into that's so good, the though. things that I am excited about to do. So, yeah. But also being able to maximize, like, my job as well, like, my 9-to-5 of where I'm at. So, you know, now that I don't have debt, this is my first investor into whatever you know, is my next step for me. So it's cool to, like, have that freedom to, like, work this job, but also have the, the freedom to, like, choose something else if that's what I feel like is next. You know, you know. here's the top. Here's the thing for me. I mean, this is what I'm telling you. Do you know much about tech? So I'm in tech. That's why I'm, my industry is tech. Let's go! But I work, so I'm a publicist for a tech company. Yes. You're a publicist for a tech company? Yes. And would you suggest us us as in because how many how many black people are in tech like in the company you're working for? But I say the names. Ooh, ah. Okay, so out of like it's a smaller tech firm, but okay. I would probably say it's probably like thirty of us. Thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of over At, like three three hundred maybe. Three hundred. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah. listen, man, listen, listen, y'all. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm gonna put this link. In today's show notes, okay? I'm going to put this thing in today's show notes. AnthonyNeal.com forward slash Bethel. AnthonyNeal.com forward slash Bethel. All right? Bethel Tech is teaching us black people how to get into the tech field and make six figures. I love it. And here's mm-hmm. my thing. It's like I'll, when I'm listening to you talk, this is why you're out of debt. It's like you're working a job that you like. It's cool. Yeah. It's paying the bills. It's the vehicle that's going to eventually get you to where you really want to be. Agreed. And I think this millennial generation, they're not identifying the correct vehicle. Yeah. And they're just saying, you know, let me go get a job. Or let me just stay at home with my mom and dad forever and just do what I want to do until hopefully something lands. Rather than saying, you know what? Let me look into the tech field. Let me look into this so I can get a job that I may not want to retire from this. Right. But it's a great job. Right. That will pay me six figures. And if I live below my means, if I pay off all of my debt, get a fully funded emergency fund, I can use this vehicle to get me to the door of where I want to be. Right. And there's so many, like, non-traditional jobs within tech. Like, my job is a non-traditional job. You won't, you don't think PR and you're like, oh, she works at a tech company. But there's so many jobs within the tech industry that you could do that have nothing to do with, like, engineering or UX design or all these, like, fancier things that people feel like they have to have to work in that industry. So, yeah, that changed the game for me because I came from an agency world and jumping from that to tech was just, that's how I grew my income a lot. Let go! Yeah. Come on, give me some love. Yes. Give me some love. See, mm-hmm. she said it, not me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, listen, you need to go to anthonyo.com forward slash Bethel. We didn't even talk about this. <laughs> okay? It's not, it's not on my notes. But it's like, for me, this is why I'm so passionate about this, man. I'm like, you know, not, not every... I think some people go to school... They spend all this money to get all this, all these degrees, rack up all this debt, and then they don't use it mm-hmm. like you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When you can go to like a, a, a certificate program like Bethel Tech, pay what? Maybe ten to $13,000, get out of there in nine months, get out of there in nine months making about $100,000 a year, anywhere between sixty-five dollars to $100,000 a year. Bethel Tech, check this out. Tell me, <laughs> would you do this with your kid? Okay. So CJ, my producer's daughter, right? 
Bethel Tech just came out with a program to where they are now allowing high school students to go through their nine-month program as a senior. So when they graduate high school, they graduate with a Bethel Tech certificate, right? And they can get a tech job making $65,000 a year as a senior. Entry level. Entry level. Yeah. I mean, it's Would you rock with it if your daughter or son said, Mom, I'm going to do this? Definitely. I think that, you know, hopefully, I hope that we're moving out of this. But I think in my generation specifically, it was like ingrained in your head, like the only way to be successful is like go to college for your degree, rack up the debt, and then go get a job. But there's so many other ways to be successful. So many other ways. So many. You don't have to rack up debt. And even, like, talking about non-traditional jobs, like, you can get work at a tech job being a social media manager, which has nothing to do with what you think. Come on. Working in HR and people. You, you man, listen. You, you, <laughs> I see why you, I see why you're different, you know? Uh, so, over the last five years, you've learned so many things. Yes, so much. I mean, from, like I say, you learn more about tech, you learn how to get out of the debt, you learn how to have discipline. This month's um, book of the month is called Essentialism, the discipline uh, the discipline pursuit of less, right? Love we'll put it. this in the show descriptions, yes. right? And, and what I love about this book, it says, essentialism isn't about getting more done in less time, it's about getting only the right things done. Love that, yeah. That's why I was picking on you earlier, because mm-hmm. it was like... You weren't focused on a lot of things. You was focused on the right thing. Yeah. The right things was getting my life together. Uh, the wrong things was dating. I mean, because if, if you're trying to get your life together, it, it really will be a distraction if it's you're dating. It's a huge distraction, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because dating, it, it, it requires attention. And sometimes that attention brings some some negative energy and some things that you should not be doing. Um, You know, and so... It, it sounds like the reason why you was able to get to where you want to go to by your goal is because you focused on less. And less as in you focused on the things that was important and the things that were right. Yeah. What have you learned? I, not, not really what have you learned because we know what you've learned. But how, how have you implemented the things that you've learned into your life today when it comes to now money, when it comes to life? Are you dating now since you're debt free? I'm open. She said that. <laughs> She said she's open, brothers. <laughs> Yo, that was quick. That was quick, boy. Before she was like, nah, I wasn't dating. I wasn't dating. I waited a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, what's your requirements? Do you have any requirements? I mean, uh, yeah, I would feel like we have requirements. But mo- I think my biggest requirement is oh, mentally being on the same level as me. Does that make sense? So, like, understanding... I've learned so much about, you know, maximizing my money and all these types of things. I need to have these conversations. I need to know that we're on the same page as far as those things. Legacy building, I need to know that we're on the same page as those things. So would you date a guy who makes less money than you? Yeah, I would. I believe you. Yeah. I I wouldn't believe some people at my table, but I believe you. Would you date a guy who has debt? If If he was convicted to get out. Okay, 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 okay. Working okay. towards getting out of debt? Okay. Yes. So but what if, if you meet him? Aunt- what if you meet him? He take you out to dinner. He like, you know, you know, Elaine, I think you're beautiful, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's speaking all that right talk. Like, girl, look at your weave. You know what I'm saying? Look, look, look good. I hope girl. you wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, check. You'd be like, check. Thank you. 
I wouldn't say that. But I mean, you know, he complimented your hair. He, he's saying all the right stuff. And then when y'all get to the conversation of, you know, just, you know, mindset around money and stuff like that, he says, you know, I never thought about attacking my debt right now. But what if you what if you've convinced him to attack the debt? Would you still entertain him then? Like you were the reason why he's attacking the debt. If he started to walk that out, yes. There's a Bible verse that I can't get. I'm not going to get it like completely correct, but it says talking just talking about getting rich is mm-hmm. foolish and it leads to poverty. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like if you're just going to talk about it, like your your outcome is going to be the same. So how much time would you give him? Like, because I mean. It sounds like you'll be a little turned off at the, the initial conversation, but would you give him time to to start producing fruit? I think more than the producing, I think our conversations and hearing that person's heart will tell a lot about what their actual intentions will be. Hmm. So I feel like having those conversations, I can tell someone who's serious about, you know, mm-hmm. like, for example, people know to go to the gym to work out. They know exactly what to do. Yeah. So you can say all of that. But until you, like, Actually, go there and, you know, it's just that makes a difference. So for me, I just I I need to see it by not just your producing fruit, but what are you doing on a daily basis to yeah. get you to where you're supposed to be? So that's what I would say. But I prefer today someone without it. You prefer. Yeah. But I would be open. You have no kids. You date a guy with kids? No. Well, would I date a guy with kids? Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Why did you say no quick and then you said maybe? No, I thought you asked if I had kids. No, no, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You're 31. Date yeah. younger? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a no. Just say no. Your your Mabel's like, <laughs> She said, "Well, I've been working hard. I don't know if a young man can help me out here." If if you if you are walking in purpose, do what you're supposed to do. That that that's all that matters. That's I like that answer, yeah. and I think that's how we should end in today's. <laughs> if you are walking in your assigned assignment and purpose, just be you. Yeah, you know, and I I think I think that's important. And, and you know what? Here's the truth. Walking in your assignment and in purpose is actually harder than walking outside of your assignment. I agree. It's easy to blend in with others. It's hard to stay true to yourself. I agree. And I felt very convicted about that very early on. And I remember the day that I paid, I clicked that button. I called them to make sure that I that I that my payment had went through, that it was the last payment. And I just, like, cried. And I told mm-hmm. God, like, you can trust me with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I managed well what you've given me and I want to continue to do that in all areas of my life whatever is next for me and so I hope that you know when I connect with people whether it's friends whether it's someone I'm dating that that's something that they also are convicted about girl man you you are amazing thank you your story is amazing I am just excited about your journey thank you for coming on and sharing your journey your story um and I pray that you all were encouraged by um, her story. Just such a sweet spirit, oh. you know. So if you're in the Dallas area, brothers, you know we gonna. I, you know what? For this show, because I don't want y'all signing her DMs right now. <laughs> y'all gonna have to find her on your own. You know what I'm saying? Find her on your own. And if y'all find her on your own, I mean, you know, hey. <laughs> You know, do your thing, but I don't want I don't want nobody crazy sliding up in her DMs like that, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it right there.
I'm gonna leave it right there. Just don't say weed when you talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yo, you guys, listen, uh, don't forget to read. If you if you really want to be successful in life, we are, we're going to be readers this year. So don't forget to get this month's uh, book of the month called uh, the, Dis- the Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg uh, McCown. I'm actually reading it right now. I'll be honest with you, but I have not completed it. Um, and if you want to get through like the actual key nuggets of the book quicker, um, it is long. It's about 300 pages. Um, go to um, anthonyneal.com forward slash short form and they will give you like a 10 page PDF of this book. Um, but I suggest doing both, you know, get this, get a short form version so you can get the quick nuggets and start applying these to your life every single day. But actually read the whole book. And so I will make sure to link this month's book of the month inside of today's show notes. And don't forget to t- check out my friends over at BetterHelp, Churchill Mortgage and Bethel Tech. I mean, yo, we we listen, man, we're giving you all some jewels today. You know, we, we gave you a lot of stuff, gave you a lot of encouragement. I pray that this blesses you. Um, and yo, listen, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you hit the subscribe button and please make sure you hit the thumbs up uh, because, wow. $101,000 paid off. And I also have a podcast. Do you have a podcast? I do. Oh, I we got to push it. Yeah, so I started it when, during the pandemic. Did when you? I didn't have a job. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, and I just tell stories and things that I've learned now that I paid off debt. So, Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. What's the name of it? Vital Money. Vital Money. Yes. Okay, so is it Vital Money on podcast? Is what you type mm-hmm. in? Spotify, and, Apple. Everything. Things. Yeah. Yo, we're going to drop that information below. Yo, check it out. Support <laughs> her, y'all. Go over there and show her some love. Drop a five-star. Give us, give her some major <laughs> love. So we'll drop all the information. Make sure you get that to me. Okay. So I can put that in uh, today's show notes. All right. Love you all. Peace out.